How's it going, everybody? Thank you for tuning into the podcast. I appreciate the support. Make sure that you subscribe on whatever platform, if it's Spotify or Apple or Stitcher or whatever, go and subscribe. It alerts you when the new episodes come out. It's the best way that you can support this podcast. Um, outside of following on Instagram, uh, at Real Curious Jones, post clips there, post a whole bunch of other things. Um, you know, definitely reach out. Let me know who else you'd like to hear on the podcast. I'm always looking for new, exciting people to talk to. And I love to hear from you all, people who listen to this, all the countries, all over the world. I don't care where you're at. Reach out. Let me know what's up. Means a lot. Uh, my guest today is a former guest of the podcast a couple of times. Uh, I met this guy a couple of years ago, like a lot of the guests on this show on social media. He had like a really, really, really cool Instagram page, photography, and just caught my eye. And I followed him for a long time. And we started communicating, just wanted to get to know who he was and what his story was and why he was interested in the things that he was interested in. And we budded a friendship. And, you know, that then kind of spilled over into the podcast and Honestly, I, I have some of my favorite conversations with him. We think very similarly, um, yet very differently. He challenges a lot of my thoughts, and I think I challenge some of his, but I know we both always walk away with a renewed perspective, and I always appreciate the conversations, and I really think you guys will appreciate it as well. Uh, this one got a little long, so I'm actually splitting it into a part one and a part two. Uh, and the part two, it's like 45 minutes. We speak mostly about UFC um, and like some big controversy that I got caught up in a little bit on the Francis Ngannou fight. So if you're into the UFC or mixed martial arts, definitely tune into part two. And even if you're not, check it out. You might uh, find something else that you're interested in. But share this with your friends and uh, yeah, give it up for my guest, Lucas Igile. time i know man how you been i'm good i'm good yeah. what's, what's the scenery i don't think we've talked since you've looked i i assume you relocated looks oh, like oh yeah it's just the backyard nothing fancy still on the west coast yeah still california couldn't leave because nature yes now man it's great to have you back man it's yeah man it's a little little sabbatical from doing this thing for i mean it's crazy i it got to like six months and then I did a couple of episodes and then kind of tapered off again and just focusing yeah. on having two little ones. It's two kids is a lot oh, yeah. of, you know, when you're doing a lot of other things. It's so I hear, man. How's the new one? He's a monster in a good way. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, so uh, cool. it's interesting how much different, you know, little individuals are. It's made me appreciate kids that much more i think we take it for granted that it's you know at least i i did and i thought that i did and i thought i was really in touch with what i was going to expect and even after yeah. one having a second one seeing the differences between them and the similarities it's a definite perspective enhancer and it and then you start to take that into other parts of life the way you look at things and look at people and look at situations so it's i i i think it's a cool thing yeah, everyone but more than one kid says that. Like they have very distinct 
personalities like right from the get-go mm-hmm. you have a brother I, right? I have a brother yeah yeah you guys similar it's more it's interesting we're like pretty similar in some things but like very polar opposite in like certain things but i've realized recently more similar than i thought are you similar in ways that are like i always get caught up in this um I don't know if, is it the determinism argument where it's like free will versus, um, is there free guess, will and all that nonsense? Or maybe I'm actually conflating this with, cause I've been listening to that. So I, I guess where I'm going is, um, nature versus nurture is more around what I'm mm. going. Right. So like I have three brothers, I'm the oldest. Um, we have very similar, what I would call nurture characteristics, right? Like there's things that all four of us have that are a direct Mm. result of being raised the way that we were in the environment. And then there's actually, it's kind of like if you were to look at like rock, like geology and like the layers of the rock, there's like maybe like a similarity, but then there's still layers of difference that like the two oldest myself and my other brother have like an even different perspective than the two younger. Although in a, 30,000 foot view we all have the same perspective it's even like more nuanced than that based on time right mm. so like based I see on what you mean so the closer you look the more the diff- the more different it gets if that makes sense yeah definitely I mean mm. by the time my youngest brother was in the house he was basically an only child like the three of us older kids were already out of the house so like that oh. nurture element was way different for him um but he still also had you know, call it eight years, I think, of all of us in the house or semi quasi, you know, maybe five years. So I always find that really interesting because then there is a nature element that I think Mm -hmm. is very different. And I, when I do look at the differences between us, I would say the differences are always more on what I would say is nature as opposed to nurture. And there's a strong a lot that on the nurture because we all went through these experiences. Do you notice that you guys have, how do I word this? So you have the same experience, quote unquote, but you have a very different memory or interpretation of said experience. Um, I would say we're pretty aligned. I mean, I, I can't, it's weird for me because we're really close. The four, mm. of us, even though like, there's a 10 and a half year gap between myself and my youngest brother. Uh, I think we're like really close. I get freaked out when I talk to people and they're like, yeah, I've got a sister and two brothers. And it's like, I haven't really talked to my sister in like six years. It's like, (laughs) I I get, I get there's shit that happens. There's people that talk about that stuff as though it's like, like, Oh yeah. Like we're really not close. I can't relate to that. Um, So Mm. I have a skewed perception, but like we're really aligned. And I think in a lot of cases, we, we still like, we get together and we talk about shit from like childhood. It's like, dude, do you remember? Do you, I actually did this. It's funny. Um, (laughs) my mom, I love her to death. My mom's awesome. She bought, so I've had my dad on the podcast. I've never had my mom on the podcast. Um, she doesn't want to do it. No, she wants, like, she bugs me all the time. She wants to come. Um, and she Get probably there, would be awesome. Yeah. I it's it's all in good time for her. Like there's 
my dad and I just, I don't know. There's, it's just, you get it, right? It's like a different relationship yeah. with your mom and your dad, especially when you have a scenario where for a portion of your childhood, your parents separated and did all this mm. shit. So, well, having siblings is very interesting because they're the only people who have, quote unquote, been there since day one. So there's conversations and there's things you can only have with them because who else was around you all the time when you were you know one two three four five like sure whatever you went to school and stuff but like Mm -hmm. you said like memories of like parents and stuff like that so yeah there is this bond that even if you don't get along is kind of still there just because you have so many shared memories and then especially if you're like i had this conversation with my brother the other day because i was born in london and he was out in london not too long ago and I was like, oh, is this the first time you've been back, like, since I was born? And he's like, yeah. And then he started telling me that he remembered it. And so he was just telling me, he's like, yeah, I kind of remember the buildings and the this and the that and this place. And for me, it was odd because he was telling me the memories of when I was born, like, right before and right after. And it's just odd because I was like, oh, shit, like, stuff did exist before I was born, like, people were having experiences and living and it was just odd because it's like obviously you know life didn't start when you were born at least not for you but I don't know it just never clicked until someone was like explaining the time and the area and what was happening while I was born it was just it was very odd I've been increasingly wondering if life is anything near what I've even ever thought it was. That's like a weird kind of vague thing to say, but Mm. I think I, I think most people probably believe that life is at a massive scale and scope, this order and understanding that we have, but just like Mm. applied at a massive level. Um, I just, I don't, I wonder like when we go to bed, like we, we think, there's like I guess my point is there's so much assumed understanding. Yeah. But when you really think about a 24-hour cycle for most people, like you close your eyes and you go to bed dreaming. I've yet to hear anybody really be able to say with certainty what all that is. And then you get to the level and like, okay, do I believe, even if somebody does seem certain about it, do I believe them? how do that like how do i know how do they know yeah and you know and there's certain things that it's like scientifically proven but there is a lot of stuff that you know what was there before i was here or that is true like the energy not that you didn't live experiences prior to my existence but does that necessarily mean that there was something before me like i i don't know it very loose i think i got i'm just i'm losing my shit right so um i mean that's what happens when you start thinking about stuff like this yeah not just life but like when you start thinking about like existence it's just it's a never-ending because it could essentially never stop right because even if you get down to the bottom of it and you get to day one of earth then you go what was before it and then you go okay then you get down to day one of the universe and then you go well, what was before that? Yeah. Like, like, well, yeah. If you're going to tell me there was this miracle where there was a big bang, 
what created the ability for there to be a big bang what created exactly what created the ability to to be able to define something that just happened if there was nothing to draw from to call it something it's the chicken or the egg right it's like how do you get something from nothing yeah that to me is the only i've completely i would say given up on a lot of the religious aspects that i grew up on but i think more firm on the faith that there is something bigger and grander and more divine i just think Mm. it's ignorant to at all think that our brains can comprehend something like that i went through the same phase where like you just kind of like disregard religion i don't shouldn't say religion but like the religious and like narratives around existence and life. But I feel like there comes a time where you come full circle and you realize that every explanation that everyone gives is essentially the same, mm-hmm. just like in different languages, so to speak. So a religious person will give you like the creationist theory. And, and one day, you know, God said, let there be light. Some scientific dude's gonna tell you it's a simulation, and some dude flicked the switch. It's like, what's the difference between let there be light and someone turned on the computer right. program? Like, yeah, you know, a spiritual person will tell you, oh, it's the universe, and it's like, you know, it's all the same thing. Everyone's saying the same thing, just in different ways. So no one actually knows. I guess I feel like the trying to put a put a wrapper around it as like mm. Catholicism or this or that yeah, yeah. for anything more than like I I don't. Be- I would say like, I think the, you know, all religions have some aspect to them that if you follow them as a guide to your life, you know, at least from what our understanding of what like positive is, like positive comes from that, right? Treating other people kindly. But I think to like be rigid around this book and these people in this way, it almost cheapens the ability to find more good out of religion because you've built these boundaries that you're not allowed to cross over. And it's like, what if there's value from this great thing outside of the boundaries that man was willing to accept with their understanding of things. Right. And I don't, I, I guess that's where for me, religion is different than theater or religious theater. Mm. Well, that's the problem with humans, though, right? Is that anything that comes along, we find a way to take advantage of it and use it to our benefit. So, like, if you get to the core of whatever it is, Islam, Christianity, whatever, at the end of the day, it's just, like, be a good person, don't do horrible things to other people. That's really what it boils down to, right? Which is a great way to live life. But people love power money, control. So what do we do? We take these institutions, turn them into something grander, put our own interpretation on them. Then you, you know, you get the church and then the church is running this and running that. Then you get Islam and people are fighting and killing in the name of Islam. And and it just gets like all crazy. But at the end of the day, if you just looked at the core teachings of what each one is, it's just be a good person. That's about it. There are some similarities, right? It's like at the core, to your point that everything is rooted for the most part in the same principles. Mm -hmm. And that answers the question to me, which was always what I asked as a kid, like, yeah, but what if I was born in like another part of the world? And I didn't, like, 
I'm only, I was only raised Catholic because I was born in this Italian community in Pennsylvania that was very Catholic. Like that's yeah. I guess, based on what you're telling me, I'm fucking lucky. Like, but what about my friend who, you know, wasn't born in this small town? He moved here from somewhere else. He was born in Spain and his family yeah. was something different or, you know, it, that to me, you know, the charade of it is, is the danger, right? And it's living by the principles that are underpinnings of all of these things. Love, right? Whatever love yeah. means, I guess. I mean, at the end of the day, it's just, it's one piece of the massive charade that is like society. Yeah. Because if you really think about <laughs> what we do, like everything is just one massive charade and you're just like, cool. It's an interesting game. I'll play it, but some people think of it as reality. But at the end of the day, it's just it's a big charade. Like, like you you talking about like perspective. If you were to zoom out, you know, if you're on a plane and you're looking down, we're no different than like ants just roaming around. Like you look at highways. You you know, if you're in the skyscraper and you look down, you just see like cars going back and forth and people. This looks at like it looks like when you look at ants outside. You're doing the same thing. It could be what it looks like with magnification. We don't have ability to look at, but like what an atom looks like, right? That could be our universe could be the atom of a greater being. Like, I mean, it's very possible because when you zoom in on ours, there's a whole bunch of stuff that exists in that itself. Yeah. All right. So who's to say that if you zoom out far enough, just like you said, we're not, some atom on some random being rolling through some other world. Mm -hmm. It would explain a lot of things now. I mean, shit, dude. I'd be curious. Like you seem like a very measured person. All of our conversations Mm. you're you're, you're very open-minded. Try to be talking to you. Right. You've, you've never, we've had a lot of conversations, both recorded, you know, in text form, I've said a lot of wild shit and I know a lot of things that you probably are like, okay, I don't agree with that. You've always, I feel like you challenge the perspective in a, in a good way. And you, Mm. you're never too high or too low on any one thing. So the the reason I say that is because I really appreciate your perspective. Um, I would be remiss to not ask when having you on, like where, where is culture five years from now what is society in five years from now i mean and you've seen world from a lot of different angles being born in london yeah. living in the states you know you just since we first connected i think about like milestones and events that have happened and even then we i knew we were in a weird ass time i still couldn't have predicted what things have transpired and like the shit like i don't you even see the alien people. shit this morning Yes, that whistleblower dude, like I it's funny I that that's just like Yeah. I mean not to get wild. into that, but I don't I don't really buy what that guy's saying. There's something about him that doesn't pass the smell test for me. And it's as weird as it is, it's like these still photos of him and his smile. He just he seems odd. But then you cross section that with David Fravor and Ryan Graves and a lot of other people yeah. where it's like I have the same feeling in the opposite direction where I'm like, this person is not, they saw something, uh, not make sense. 
Mm. Yeah, I don't know. But like you said, something about it just doesn't pass the smell test. I haven't thought about it long enough or hard enough to like put a pin on it, but I don't know. Maybe if you ask me in like a week, I'll be like, he's being honest. But right now, and I'm not a conspiracy theorist or anything, but it's also just like, really, like the timing is just like, there's all this different shit going on. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, everyone pay attention, UFOs. Well, that's the they're thing, not really right? saying anything. It's just like, he said, she said that he said that they saw that he saw that they saw. It's like, hey, but what did you see? Yeah, no, you you hit where I think, right? It's it's interesting timing. Um, and it's it's interesting timing for this information to come out and to come out from the government right like it's not like some private citizen who we know has no affiliation to the government yeah is saying something we should all be excited about it's like okay we've got this war brewing in ukraine we have a president that i don't care what political party you fucking are part of man like this shit is pathetic to watch it's sad to watch i feel bad for him as a human i feel bad for the people that I, I think this is the most telling. And I, I try not to even get consumed in it. I got rid of cable. I still have yeah. social media. Um, I, that's where I get all of my updates, right? The thing that stands out to me more than the lifeless body they wheel in front of us is the look on the people's faces standing behind him. Right? I, that's like, true. I always look at the people behind them. Look too, at yeah. the people behind him. Like, I feel bad for them because I've had to work for some like people that I thought weren't qualified to do a job and like yeah. being meeting, hearing them talk, knowing like, Oh, this guy doesn't even know what the fuck he's talking about. That's uncomfortable. Now imagine that on the level of the president and you're in a position, whatever you are, some, you know, white house staffer. Yeah. It's like, okay, I'm caught between a rock and a hard place because this is all politics. So I am not going to have a job unless I like, gaslight what i'm seeing here but then like am i going to lose credibility because i'm on the wrong side of history and you just mm -hmm. see this look of horror with these people like oh man what did he say what did he... <laughs> and then i mean mitch mcconnell did you see the mitch mcconnell video today? i saw that this afternoon i mean bro they're just too old that's all it is let's just call a spade a spade they're just too fucking old like yeah like i remember biden during the obama administration and dude was like quick on his feet, like funny. I remember he'd do that, like all the like late night talk shows. People loved him. He was cracking jokes, but clearly age has got to him and he has whatever it is. He has dementia, whatever. There's some sort of like cognitive decline mm -hmm. and the guy's just not there and they're just forcing the issue. It's a matter of time. And I think you can start to see there's, there's, I would love to be a fly on the wall of some of these meetings where whoever's controlling things right now because it's clearly not him yeah because uh, he can't and, be making sound decisions yeah not that the president really ever probably has complete control over everything right but it's like he's not making i don't think he's weighing in i i think he's I think off not. i think he's putting the the golf tees in that triangle wood thing that you have <laughs> at the cracker barrel he's like okay let me jump oh fine. <laughs> there's still four tees stuck in this damn thing right like i think he's doing that and i and i I say that ha kind of tongue in cheek, but I really do think it's to that level. Um, I want to see the debates. Yeah, so do I. Right, That's going to be very interesting. Do you think it's beyond? 
and you got to be careful when you say this. So I, I, you know, not that millions of people are listening to this, but I do, you know, want to make sure because God forbid this ever got out there to like a mass. I'm not saying that this is the case, but would you put it past the government? And do you think there is the capabilities where they would do something with like somebody that's not him? Do what we do have mean? that ability? Like if they were to, I mean, you, I've heard, and I don't know that I believe it, that they have stand-ins for President Biden. Mm. Because how do you how do you justify some of what you see? And then like, I would be shocked if he went out there and performed well, right? And if yeah. you put him out there, you're only going to put him out there if you think he, he has a chance to improve how people view him. But mm. if he actually went out there and performed well, I'd be like, the fuck is going on that's not it. like all the other stuff and and i guess maybe i'm a victim of being on the opposite side because i'm not a fan but i try to be yeah. very objective and i'm i i think i'm pretty objective when i see what i see i'm like this just doesn't look healthy but i i wonder you know what i was i was thinking about that the other day because watch like um well, i don't watch it but like i saw like the little clips from like a putin speech and people were saying, like, oh, it's probably his double. And I know, like, a lot of world leaders had doubles, but, like, with technology and cameras and stuff these days, I don't know if you could get away with it. Mm-hmm. Like, you got, like, 4K fucking cameras. Someone's going to zoom in and be like, oh, look at the angle of his nostril. It's not, like... Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking, right? Like, the technology that enables it is also the technology that kind of unmasks it, right? Exactly. So, I don't know. I don't... I don't know. They'd probably just pump him full of like Adderall or something and just hope that it lasts a fucking hour. Yeah. I'll be tuning into that for sure. If they can wrangle it all together. Yeah. But it's just people, they're just too old. Like Nancy Pelosi, fucking Biden. It's just like way too old. RFK is interesting. I can't say I've listened to a lot of stuff he said. Like, I've heard, like, what's trickled through, but I've never listened to, like, a full speech, like, interview of his. Mm-hmm. A lot of the shit I've heard made sense. I think some, some stuff he might be, like, reaching with. But for the most part, like, what he says about, like, the, mini- like, the military-industrial complex and all that stuff. Yeah. Spot on. Now, the fact that he says that means that he'll never be president. Yep. Yeah, I, but I like him. I like him. Um, I don't, I don't know the context, but there's some videos that I saw floating around from when Trump ran originally, and he was like beating the Hillary Clinton drum and kind of where the emails threw Bernie under the bus, and they were like, "You're friends with Bernie," and it, to me, it seemed not that I necessarily would have thought he would have supported Trump, but he kind of sold out Bernie for Hillary, what I would say was more of a political decision. And then you Mm. see him. And what I like about him now is he seems like not a politician who's really honest and has a lot of like conviction. And then when I then like, Oh shit, well, six years ago, you were actually kind of exhibiting behavior. And then it's like, Oh, but you're a politician. Can I never trust? Are you taking advantage of, are you just smart and you realize there's a vacuum right now with a 
smart Democrat that's saying some of what the Republicans are gaining traction on around vaccines and woke culture and industrial complex because the typical, you know, what was the Democratic Party is now becoming the Republican Party in a lot of ways. Right. So Mm -hmm. I'm like, maybe he's just really smart. He comes from a family of politicians like, you know, American royalty. Yeah, and he leans into the well. The CIA shot my uncle and my dad, and it's oh, like, did he say that? Fuck yeah, man! Really? He's definitely signaling that he believes that oh, um, wow. that that after his his uncle talked about the military industrial complex, that it was very shortly thereafter that he was executed. And he said his father mm. spoke to the head of the FBI. He's like, I remember my dad calling and like having a, a meeting with them and like basically, you know, calling around everybody like who did this. And they they kind of brought up the whole Tucker Carlson discussion around, you know, some of the evidence that's supposedly still sealed. And they're like, yeah. what does this mean for you? You're out here saying this. And he's like, well, I have to be careful. I think, you know, I'd be foolish to think that my life isn't in danger. So I think that, Interesting the people too though right it, it can kind of build a so i, I think mean, his vaccine stuff not to cut you off but i think his vaccine stuff before i forget i've like way before he was running like years ago i remember hearing about him going on about vaccines like even pre-covid like before the whole covid fiasco thing yeah interestingly enough um i don't know how i really ever forgot this and i didn't forget it but i you get caught up in headlines. Yeah. Quite honestly, one of the most impactful vaccine, call it issues. Mm. So I was born in 1987. I had a kid who lived behind my grandmother in a neighborhood. He was my, Mm. when he was two years old, he went in for shots. He was a normal child, healthy, developing at the right pace he became severely mentally retarded and was like a headbanger like not he was in special ed classes all through elementary school into high school like he was never normal he was completely disabled um the family took care of him they sued and they got a few million dollars it was like a known really found a hundred a hundred percent yeah um He's still, the father is still alive. The son actually passed away a couple of years ago. Um, People from my hometown probably know who I'm talking about. I won't say his name just out of respect, but he, he was an awesome kid. Um, But knowing that, like, I always knew that growing up that he had gotten and he had a bad reaction to it. I didn't understand why or what, but that was just known to me. My parents got me vaccinated. I still had shots after that. But when you now like, you hear people bringing that stuff up from the past and you hear people like Fauci and others dismissing that conversation as though it's bullshit and people are only bringing it up as a way to fuel the argument today. I'm like, motherfucker, I, I'm not a doctor. You're a doc. Like, I know that this shit happened. I've got, got like a personal experience. I know for a fact, I know that that happens. So for you to sit up there and then create a narrative, it's like, you don't have to fool the masses. You just have to fool enough people 
to then carry on the narrative, right? Enough people yeah, make it. And so you have a lot of people who are ignorant that aren't willing to even understand that those types of things have happened in the past, that history is the best predictor of the future. And you look no further than 20, 30 years ago for a lot of things. And, you know, whether it's lawsuits from, you know, drugs like Vioxx or a family like the one from my hometown that sued because their child was forever distraught. I mean, he was never the same. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, I, that's also, that's also another big issue, right? Is that like people pick a side and then there's no wavering and there's no, there's no dialogue, there's no discussion. It's just, it's this and that's it. And anything that goes against that is wrong. There's no discussion. There's no like, well, maybe in this case or that case, it might be, or this evidence suggests this. It's just, we've decided this is this and that's what it is. And it's the same thing on the opposite side, right? So you're never going to convince an anti-vaxxer that vaccines have like good uses and all that. And you're never going to convince someone who believes in vaccines that someone could ever have like a bad side effect or something like horrible happen to them from a vaccine. Mm -hmm. And you... those two sides are just entrenched and just, no one's ever going to let go. Did you hear any of the details around what RFK was saying, why it caused so many, like the, it was the, the, what he was talking about was like the aluminum that was in there and how they were running these tests that showed that it was out of the blood system. And so they're like, look, when you take the aluminum that's inside of a vaccination, it's altered chemically so that yeah. it leaves the bloodstream and they kept testing blood. And they're like, look, if you eat, uh, or it was uh, mercury. I'm sorry. So mm. they they would run these tests where they gave people tuna fish sandwiches, and then they tested their blood levels for mercury two weeks and four weeks and six weeks later, compared to somebody that got a vaccination shot that had mercury inside of it, a different yeah. chemically altered mercury, right? And so they were like, look, the blood with the tuna fish sandwich still has mercury in it. The blood of the person that took the vaccine doesn't have mercury. It's definitely safe. And then they did that on monkeys like 30 years later, same result in the blood, but then they cut the brain open and realized, oh, the mercury just went into the brain because they noticed yeah. it wasn't getting excreted. And so it's like when you start thinking of stuff like that and it's like they knew these studies existed, they didn't lie. They just omitted what was the fucking truth. Like yeah, you know, it's a white lie. I saw to believe a bullshit study that they were actually giving a shit. Right. And then you understand how many people built homes and bought boats and bought Lamborghinis and, you know, like invested millions and mil probably hundreds of millions of dollars into the stock market. And I mean, dude, I know somebody that would fucking sell their family out for 50 grand. Like <laughs> you mean to tell me that these people that don't know you that, that's yeah. not a possibility. And I guess I, I bring this up because I, I hear, and I, th and I, I want to say, I don't know like LeBron's son. I'm sure. You're aware LeBron James's son had a heart attack yesterday at basketball. Oh, did he? Yeah. Bronny had I didn't a, know that. went into cardiac arrest at USC during basketball practice on Monday. Oh shit. So obviously the internet's ablaze. Was How this, did I miss that? it's like big news, right? Um, now they're kind of tight lipped about it. Understand. I mean, fuck man, who knows? Maybe the kid ha is a, is an, a not like this happened. It's happened in the past. 
you know, before people had the, this yeah. whole, so like, I don't want it. I guess my point is when the reaction, the same with DeMar Hamlin and the bills mm. is like, absolutely not. Don't even think about it. Don't even think about it. Don't it's like nothing to see over here. That scares me because I would think if our goal was truly to eradicate a virus and make sure everybody was really healthy, if mm. these things were happening and people are like concerned, you would lean into it to like prove without any doubt that that is not the case, but it's like a unwillingness to even want to look under the rock for fear that three years worth of fucking force feeding people bullshit is going to be right on display. And I, I mean, to me, that is exactly what's happening. I don't know what happened to Jamie Foxx. Seemed really fishy. They said he was in a stroke rehab center. Don't know if that's true. But like, hey, his truth to tell, it's like, I'm not saying this if these people owe any of us an explanation. But yeah. you got football players that are falling over. There's a singer that was on American Idol, this Tori Kelly young lady that fell over. And now she's in ICU with like organ failure because of blood clots. There was a social media guy and it's all, you know, I get it. It's, it's just floating around. You can pull. Yeah. But it's interesting because I'd want to see, first off, we're not going to know the answer probably for like another three, four decades. Right. Yep. It's going to be one of those, like, if it is, if it does turn out that like it had all these side effects, it's going to be like an asbestos kind of thing. Like, Oh, you know, we built all these homes and we just realized there's this fucking carcinogen in the roof falling down. But it'd be interesting to see the data on, like, these sort of occurrences before COVID mm -hmm. and, like, post-COVID. Well, the fact, the fact that it hasn't been, like, to your point, we're two guys here on a podcast talking yeah. about it. I it'd agree. be very interesting to see that because one thing humans are also very susceptible to is, I think it's called, like, the yellow bus or, like, yellow car syndrome is once you notice something, you start to see it everywhere, yeah, right? Because exactly. we're we're masters at pattern recognition. That's essentially all the brain is, just a master pattern recognition machine. So is it that these things are happening more? Is it that now the attention's focused on it, we're seeing it everywhere, so we think it's happening more? That's why like, I want to see like actual data mm -hmm. just to I, not I jump to conclusions but also not run away from conclusions. Mm -hmm. But yeah, long story short, we're probably not going to know for like two, three decades. I, I don't disagree. I don't disagree. And I think even then we're still going to be divided about. Oh yeah, absolutely. And how, you know, and I, and at the rate we're going, there's going to be way many more things that we're going to be needing to worry about than what happened in 2020 with that shot, man. Like I, I think, oh, yeah. Man. I don't know. It's that's why, like, going back to your um your question about like culture in five years. Yeah, there we go. Get us back. Know, what's, track. what's five years would be what twenty twenty eight. Yeah. I don't know, bro. It's like call it twenty thirty, right? Like twenty thirty. So in seven years. I mean, just right off the bat, there's. There's probably going to be a major conflict somewhere, if I had to guess. I'm not saying World War Three, but 
I feel like it's just inevitable. One, because tensions are just too high everywhere. Like, it's not just the U.S. Mm -hmm. It's not just the Middle East. It's not just, like, it's everywhere. Like, the Chinese have a whole bunch of issues that they're dealing with. You got Taiwan. That's the thing that makes me nervous, for sure. Russia, Ukraine, obviously. And then you got Europe. Europe have, like, a lot of the countries now, a lot of right-wing parties are becoming super popular. Germany, I saw, like, a graph the other day. They're super, like, alt-right-wing party. is like, the second most popular. And everyone's always pointing the finger at, like, Russia and all these other places for, like, starting wars. And I'm like, I don't know. You said history is the best predictor of the future. History would say when the Germans start getting a little touchy-feely, shit happens. So... Yeah. There's them. And yeah, the rest of Europe's not doing too well. Most of it's probably like in a recession right now. Well, that's key, right? These are all the things that we know based on current activity and the ways countries are acting, right? But how much does the looming recession and what that then means to markets outside of the US, which then have a trickle effect when you talk about seven years, right? Like, well, the Fed just said this morning that they're not forecasting a recession anymore, which I think is possible, but also because they redefined what a recession was last year. So I think we probably already had like a mild recession. I think that's a very optimistic way of looking at things. A couple of months before Americans get hit with like an extra $1,000 a month in student loan debt that they've completely forgot about needing to pay that will never leave you, even if you file bankruptcy, right? Like- I hope that that's the case. And I think there's pathways out. I don't think it has to be as doom and gloom financially as people think. But I do think that it's going to require some sort of awakening. And I don't think that that has to be that we all agree on things politically, like all of a sudden there's some like alignment. I I just think, I mean, in a way, after 9-11, yeah. It's it's like a beat thing to say, but it, we were the most united, even amongst different individuals. That's why I think there's going to be a major conflict somewhere, because that's a very, when you have all these different countries and nations around the world that are like in a very fragile state, the easiest way to unite people is to find the common enemy, mm-hmm. right? Because if you could be, you could be squabbling with your brothers at home, having like huge arguments, getting in fights, but if someone broke into your house you guys are a team again kind of thing, right? Like, it's not even a question. Kind of like you said, but 9-11. So I think, I think there'll be a major conflict somewhere. I don't think, I know everyone's talking about like World War Three. I don't think there's going to be World War Three. Just because it'd be, there's too much at stake. And where we are just like, we're too good at killing each other. That's the one thing that humans do well is we find out like new and great ways to kill each other. But I don't see like another, I don't see another world war. Like Russia is struggling with Ukraine right now. So there's no way that they're going to be like, oh, we want to take on like Europe and NATO. Like that, that would just be fucking foolish. Mm-hmm. Like you're struggling with like a featherweight and then you want to go fight like Francis. Like, no, that's, that's just dumb. Yeah, I mean, and I'm not a smart person when it comes to geopolitical shit, but I think, I mean, if we want to be honest, shitbag or not, 
if you fuck with somebody enough, like if somebody was to put military bases in Mexico that we thought was an adversary, like I don't, I, I look, that's, I look at what's happening. I don't think it has to be mutually exclusive that he's a horrible mm. person, but that like we kind of instigated him. What did you think? Oh, of course, you re- you put your hand in the dog cage and kept like banging on it, like you Absolutely. got exactly what you wanted. And and I personally believe the United States knew exactly what was going to happen, and this was just as much offensive for us as it was defensive. We wanted to drag Russia in and fucking bleed them dry in a war that. We knew they couldn't win because guys, we're fighting we're we are fighting Russia right now with Ukraine yeah. troops. That's what's yeah, happening. It's a, a proxy war. Proxy. Like we are yeah. we are at war with Russia right now. We're just using rented soldiers. That's it. Yep. And then, you know, when you think about that, and then you think like whatever happened to this fucking Sam Friedman what that SVB guy, like uh-huh. like whatever happened to that? Because I, I remember seeing things that got my eyebrows raised a little bit that, you know, there was a lot of money that was raised and dumped into this that then got donated over to the Ukraine. And it kind of seemed like a little bit of a fucking money laundering situation. Dude, there's there's like, so much that is taken advantage of during a situation like this, you know, you know what I think it is. I think everything that we're seeing now has always been going on. No, I think you're right. The only thing is, because of like social media, the internet, cameras. Take it easy there, man. All right. We're starting to see more and more of it, right? Mm-hmm. So like people are freaking out like, oh my God, look what's happening here. Look what's happening there. But it's like, they've always been doing this shady shit. There's always been money laundering. There's always been like five different backroom deals going simultaneously. It's just now we're becoming more and more privy to it. And also, the, should I say, the curtains that they use to, like, the charade that they use to, like, cover it all, we're starting to be able to tell, like, this is just nonsense, right? Like, 20 years ago, if you had this hearing about UFOs, no one would be questioning it. Mm -hmm. Now, half the people are like, what are you hiding? Why are you telling us about UFOs now? So people are kind of getting onto it. Some of the worst things going on in the world are in places where there's no technology to document it. Yeah, like the Congo. That's like that's why like people who are always like, oh, you know, like I'm getting a Tesla because I want to be environmentally friendly and you know, just stop oil and all this nonsense. It's like, dude, okay, cool. So you're not burning some oil. You're buying a Tesla. It's like, do you know how many fucking like slaves, little child slaves going like getting the shit that goes into the battery? Like people are so hypocritical these days, it's annoying. But yeah, there's like just like you said, there's horrible shit going on like in all sorts of places in the world, all sorts of corners, and it's just the media's goal to make every problem your problem. And humans are just not designed to deal with that. Designed to live in like small communities and have a couple issues you deal with, like not worry about Taiwan and Ukraine and the Congo, fascist in Italy. Doesn't make any sense. I wonder sometimes. That's overwhelming. It is. Oh, it definitely is. I mean, I think when America's in a good place and doesn't intervene everywhere, but is a support system and tries to lead by example, I I get it. 
there's a lot of people that are rubbed the wrong way, but I think in general, the world's a better place. I mean, at the end of the day, people vote with their feet, right? Yeah. So I'll see like a lot of stuff online when people are like, you know, Putin's dismantling the deep state or they're almost like, they're super like anti-American in a way, right? And I'm like, oh, it's America's fault and it's this and it's that. But it's like, at the end of the day, no one is fucking migrating to Russia. Like it's no one's dream to go live in Moscow. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure there's some random person out there whose dream it is, but there's no fucking songs about, you know, not a beacon Moscow. of opportunity. Yeah, exactly. Like everyone's dream. Well, I shouldn't say everyone, but people want to move to New York. People want to move to LA, right? Like people vote with their feet. I'm pretty sure if you look at immigration numbers, most people are moving from like, russia and eastern europe to the u.s then people are moving from the u.s to eastern europe and russia we are in a world where maturation has been delayed generation after generation after generation so part of me wonders maybe there's a chasm that like once you get to a certain age and you haven't matured you kind of are never going to get to a certain level Mm. but i don't i don't know if that's the case i think it's just you're going to have people who maybe on a maturation level are 26, 28. And anecdotally, I can say, like, I look at friend groups, even in a my group of friends compared to my brother's groups of friends, my youngest, right? That yeah. Gap. My brother's friend group primarily at there, he's 26, 27. Yeah. They're very immature compared to even when I was his age. And my, not that there weren't, you know, kind of um, standout cases either way but my group by the time they were 26 they all had jobs or mbas or they had a family these guys are still oh my mom i'm going to greece for four weeks and do it like they have no responsibility so of course idealistic things are going to be what appeal to you and what drive you to vote and drive you to take passion and I can't quite honestly, I can't fault those people for having that viewpoint. I just wish, and I don't know how you can, you can't teach people what they don't know. You don't know what you don't know. And in yeah. a way, maybe we need that element mixed into the batter for the bigger balance of society. I mean, I think it's skewed a little bit right now, but I, I do wonder if the people who have a perspective now, if that changes in 10 years because of that maturation, I guess the only downside is if every generation is delayed more, what does that say then about the next three or four? And well, I think it's not, I don't think it's perpetual. I think it goes through cycles. And just like you said, like younger people are always more idealistic, which is like, I think it's Naval that said it, like socialism comes from the heart and capitalism comes from the head which is why socialist movements are always bigger in college right because it's kind of when you're of age and you're like this is horrible why are we doing this to people and then you graduate college like you said you know you get two kids and a mortgage and you start paying tax and you're like fuck i don't want to pay tax (laughs) (laughs) this is bullshit and then you turn more capitalist right and yeah it's interesting i mean i see what you're saying about like the delayed maturity of like the younger generation but the thing is like you also have to question how you look at maturity right and what your definition of maturity is 
because they could be spot on and like totally right or we could be like that older generation that is like hanging on to what we know to be true but was just simply like passed on god please like the boomers don't tell me that i'm that guy no you're right though you are right (laughs) i mean you might not be and you might be but the the thing is that you have to question it how can you so like is there a way to tell you just got to keep questioning it and then eventually i mean i'm sure someone has a shortcut haven't figured it out but I think of it this way, right? Like, think of your brother. Like, he's still taking, like, trips to Greece and stuff when he's 26, right? And you're like, yeah, when I was your age, like, I already had a full-time job. I was married, working on kid number one. And then you got to think, you're like, well, why was I doing that? Like, because that's what the older generation told me what maturity was. He graduated school. You got a job, a house, a white picket fence, and you became a good, like, productive member of society right well if you follow that trope where does it end it ends at retirement at like 55 with your pension your 401k and all that stuff right it's not the greatest kind of life to live right because you really spend your prime years working and then when you have enough money to enjoy it you got arthritis prostate issues Right, you pee every like fucking two hours. I hear so what like, you're saying. So like, it's like when you look back, it's like, shit, maybe I should have gone to Greece for four weeks when I was twenty six, twenty seven. I hear what you're saying. Right. Uh, let me clarify one thing though, because I think I agree, but where I disagree is I don't look at the act of going to Greece or doing things outside of the norm to be the maturity mm. gauge. Um. I would say maybe I laid it that way. So I, it could be a, a, a little misleading in how I brought that up, but I guess, cause I I'm, I'm with you, right? Like why yeah. would we work our whole lives and save up money and not live? Ex- like I'm all about experiences. That's, that's yeah. what I'm about. But for me, whether it was a good or a bad thing, because I was forced into seeing those things, I can still travel and do all these things. But I don't have a worldview that is skewed outside of reality. Like, I know there are reasons why free education for everyone has is that's like a really kind of irresponsible thing to say, it's an ignorant thing to say. Mm. It may be an optimistic thing to achieve to say like, Hey, we want to work towards that. And I think that's commendable, but I think for people, it just, it reeks of inexperience to life when I hear that. And I guess that's more, mm. it's, it's I, I, I don't look at somebody saying like, Oh man, you travel a lot. So you're just not mature. I actually think the traveling aspect is probably the one thing baking them helps you mature maturity. Yeah. Um, there's still just like a lack of responsibility that I, I feel is palatable generationally. And then it's like every once in a while I see a kid and I'm like, you're like me and all of my friends, but the way even the older generations above me look at you as though you're mm. some, like, like outlier. And it's like, dude, you were yeah. when I was there, why is it? And I don't know if it's like video games and just like society, like it's a lot of things. I just think mm. over time people have gotten less mature 
So I, yeah, I probably shouldn't have brought up the, the grease thing. I see, I see what you're saying, but I mean, it's just, it's a product of the times, right? And hard times. What is that? Right? Like I literally, <laughs> the hard times, uh, soft people, soft people, hard times, hard. Yeah. The thing is also, I mean, one thing, like it's one thing to judge a generation and call them soft because you won't know until they're actually tested. Right. Mm-hmm. You can assume they are, but you might not know. But one, I think it's because they're the first generation that grew up strictly on technology. Like you and I are from a millennial. So we remember like life pre like social media mm-hmm. and posts. I don't think they really do. Like for the most part, like it's, you know, social yeah. media has been around from like when they could comprehend what social media is. I remember getting like an AOL instant messenger when I was in like exactly. Grade. Did you did you ever have ICQ? No, it's that. It was like uh, it was like AOL. I find more and more that it was like this pocket of Pennsylvania. So yeah, I was gonna. I've never even heard of that. Everyone I know had AOL or MSN. So I had an AOL, but ICQ, mm. the the logo was a flower. And like you would, you'd load in, you'd, it was a chat, like a thing, right? You had a username, you had a friend list, it's just yeah. the exact same thing as AOL. Um, but I mean, I remember that was sixth grade, MySpace, seventh grade. Before that, I, MySpace. I mean, you were calling a house phone that may or may not have went to an answering machine yeah. and hoping that you could like rally your friends to like come over to your house and play wiffle ball. Yep. So like, yeah, I think just because they grew up online, a lot of this like socializing is done online. The world has changed, right? Like the professions that guaranteed you, you know, a certain amount of income or a certain lifestyle don't anymore. The degrees that guaranteed you the same things don't. Like a bachelor's degree means jack shit now. Might as well just have a GED kind of thing, right? So I think they're realizing like, our generation was the last generation that got sold the whole go to college, get a degree, you know, you'll be great. You'll get a job kind of thing. Some of us did. Some of us didn't, especially because a lot of people like millennials graduated around the recession. Mm-hmm. So we're the last generation that bought that whole, like they told us that and we're like, yes. The generation after us is like, wait a minute. We work at Starbucks together. You have a master's. I'm in high school. Why the fuck should I take 400 grand in loans to come back? That doesn't make any sense. So they're delaying it. Now, what they're going to end up doing, I don't know. But I can partly see why they're delaying doing all the things that like the other generations did because they don't want to end up like us a really good way see this is why i have you on to ask you these questions like think about it you go to starbucks there's a good chance some of those people and they have like bachelor's and like master's degrees yeah and they still fuck right? order up every day exactly so it's like that like why did you bring this here it doesn't look the right color like why take why take all these college loans and shit and spend all this time and write all these papers which chat gpt is gonna write now just to end up in the same place i could just go there like straight out of high school Right. And then figure out my life after that. And they don't really, they haven't really bought into those same ideals that we did of, you know, 
you have to own a home and stuff like they grew up in the uber and lyft and they're gonna have like driverless cars and shit so you know airbnb they don't really give a fuck about like owning shit so we're looking at them like what the fuck man you're like 30 you don't have a house yet you have a car and they're just like do you think that creates an opportunity for those of us that realize the value in the old way? Not that the new way isn't viable, but that mm. that we already are kind of plugging away in this old system. I try yeah. to, I'm as much as I'd like to think I'm an, in the new system, I'm probably nowhere near as into it. No. As, I'm like the old guy, right? But maybe I shouldn't try to keep up with the Joneses and I should just lean into what I know has worked and know that there's actually an exodus from that mechanism, right? Which actually may make it more lucrative for those of us that can stick around and find a way to do that. I mean, right? the, the whole point, the whole goal should be to win the game so that you don't have to play the game. Mm -hmm. All right. You can sit there and complain about the game. That's not going to do you any good. You're still going to have to play it. So you might as well just shut up. Try win the game, and then you can exit, and then you're free, essentially, right? And basically what that means here is become successful at whatever it is you want to do and get as much money or whatever you can that to you equates not having to do the shit that you don't want to do, right? For some people, that's a small amount. For some people, it's a large amount. All depends on what you want to do, right? But some people, they already have it. Like, if you just want to go fish in fucking Mexico and live in Baja, a lot of people can already afford to do that, right? If you want to have a villa in Italy and whatever and grow olives, then you're going to have to work a little harder because it's a little bit more expensive. But I think ultimately, for me anyways, that's the goal, is win the game so you don't have to play the game. Because at the end of the day, the game's bigger than you. You're never going to win if you try to fight it, Right? Mm -hmm. like the entire system the system has existed way before you were born and it's going to be here way after you're dead so there's no point in fighting not it's such become such a cliche word now but like the matrix yeah just try win it so that you don't have to play it. and That's you can just sit there and you can watch everyone else play it it's a perfect and that in itself is super I find that super entertaining to watch people. That's the one thing I really enjoy about traveling in Europe is you can just sit down on a random street somewhere and just watch people. Like you don't get that as much in the U S because we drive everywhere unless you live like in Manhattan, but you never actually get to sit and just people watch and see like the weirdness of what like, like humans do. Whereas in Europe, because everywhere is walkable, you just sit down and you just watch people. And I find that to be like, I could, I'd rather sit and watch people than like watch like Game of Thrones. You ever wonder how many times somebody sat and watched you? That too. The one thing that I wonder a lot is when driving, you know like when you stop with a stoplight and you like look over at someone and you make eye contact for like a second or two? They might smile, they might not smile, but like you just made like that brief eye contact and then that's whatever. And then you look away and you drive off. So I always find that like, I don't want to say weird, but profound in a way, because 
you have your entire life, right? You're born 1987. You have all these memories leading up to this moment. Good, bad, neutral, wife, kids, siblings, all sorts of shit's happened in your 30-something years of existence, right? All in your head, all important to you. You're at the stoplight. You look over at this person. This person looks at you for two seconds. This person has also probably had decades of experiences. Your entire existence, right, in their life was two seconds. That was it. That was the role you played in their life, was to be someone that they saw the random red light for two seconds. And that's it. That was your cameo in their life. And you'll never see them again, probably never interact. They'll have their own life going on from there. You'll have yours completely separate. And I just find that, like, so interesting that you think of, like, people are very self-centered, right? And you think of yourself, obviously, because you can only live in your own head. Everything's through your own perspective. When stuff like that happens, you realize, holy shit, like, maybe all of this doesn't matter as much as I think it does. Because that person could give two fucks what's going on in my life. They have no clue. All I was was someone in a random car. They saw for two seconds and then that's it. In a weird way, it's probably what people feel when immense tragedy strikes, right? Because we never expect. It's like a dash of reality, whether it's exactly. in or we lose perspective that we have a life and a, a span of life and that we have all these different interactions. And to your point, like those moments can be profound. Mm even when they seem like they're not? I mean, 99.9% .9 of the time, you're just going to look over at the person and be like, huh. But if you're like me and you go into these oh, yeah. philosophical deep coves once in a while, you'd be like, oh, that's kind of weird. One I get trapped in a lot is I like, I'll be like, okay. I wonder if you and I have ever been like, I've been in a, I've been in a Starbucks and you've been at the Foot Locker on the other side of the wall. Yeah. Right? Or like we've been driving on a highway and you've passed me. You know, I think about that with my wife. We, I played Legion baseball. We had, we were in the state championship game in the small town in Pennsylvania outside of Philadelphia. My yeah. wife, her boyfriend was the pitcher for one of the teams in the state tournament. She was at that same tournament rooting for her boyfriend on a different team. Well, did she know? years before Maybe daddy saying, is a... right it's like did i stand behind her mom at the concession stand did her and i you know walk past each other while i was like going to batting practice you know mm. i would imagine i it would have probably crossed paths right um i think about weird shit like that all the time because to me the way my brain works those micro moments are like i, I don't know i see them almost like i can see pixels on a picture i I, I don't know. It sounds arrogant. I, I don't think it's, it makes me special. I think it's, we're all different. I'm very micro in those things. I'm very, my mom says I'm empathic, right? She thinks she's mm. an empath, but I, I can understand what she means by that. Like I'm very much in tune or feel like I'm in tune with my thoughts, with things outside of just what's in front of me. Right. Like, yeah. I don't think all people, I think you could say it a different way that some people are deep. Other people aren't right. Like 
you and I don't know each other more than a few conversations, but we come on here and have these, these discussions. I've got a buddy who I've been friends with since I was five. We went, you know what I mean? It's like, I'm like, dude, you are as shallow as a mud puddle. Like the fuck (laughs) is mine? Do you not think about anything? Like, what do you mean? Like I, I've been waiting to see you to tell you about this and I brought it up and you're just dismissing it in 15 seconds. You don't think that this is interesting. And you know, but to him, all he cares about is like the bocce tournament next weekend or something. It's just like, wow, man, we're different, but yet we still have a common connecting point still, you know, I always find that stuff very interesting. Yeah, no, I learned that too. Cause I used to get like annoyed at people sometimes. Like, why don't you find this interesting? Like, don't you see this pattern? Does this not interest you? And they're just like, no. And then you realize, like, it's just the same way some people like one color and some people like the other color. Or is it why some people are successful and other people aren't? Is it is it's, it less about that. randomness and like, oh, boy, I'm going to get fucking roast, roasted for this. I believe some people are better than other people. And I don't mean that on a human level. I think everybody is created equal, even regardless of religion. I do think even people from poor circumstance or who have done horrible things can change who they are. But so when you say better, what do you mean? I think they like better at what? Better at understanding their current environment to win the game so they don't have to play it. I don't oh, think, absolutely. I think that, and that's why I want to be careful because it's not that I think somebody who's not able to do that is a lesser person. There's a lot of great people that deserve to be loved and that in any other way of looking at it aren't lesser, right? But yeah. I guess you could say some of those people don't care about maybe what I care about and based on the measurements of what they care about, I'm lesser. And I completely yeah. understand that. So that's not lost on me either. But there's got to be a symbiotic balance somewhere. And I feel like there's a lot of great people that we pretend and we create a nice, funny, narr- sweet narrative around like, well, they just don't care about the things that you care about. And it's like, maybe they're a nice person that fucking sucks. And if they were a yeah. little tougher, they could do better in this world. But we don't want to think that somebody who's really nice might not be as good, right? Like, and good is so subjective. And I know that that's like the wrong term, but I think yeah. you get what I'm trying to say in terms of like. Yeah. It's basically like, it's like that Einstein thing, right? If you, if you measure, what did he say? God, I'm going to butcher it, but something to the degree of like, if you measure, if you try to measure a fish's intelligence by its ability to climb a tree, you'll think it's dumb. Right. Right. But if we're living in a world of trees and you don't know how to climb one, that's going to be very detrimental. And if you have the ability to learn, but you choose not to for a number of different reasons, but then still are kind of like the world's against me, or it's like shame on you for not. So I think the, the way is that like some people, some people are better at playing the game than others. And that's all, and that's one thing I think, again, not to keep harping on the Gen Z and the younger generation, but God, where was I going with this? Essentially, because they, I don't want to say coddled, because it's like a bad word. I'm trying to say it in a like, not 
old guy like you soft youngins yeah um because there's like more they experience more like equality so to say in rewards growing up right like i know people talk about participation trophies but stuff like that right yeah no it's real like I think they didn't get sharpened as much in that particular arena, right? Now, compared to us, they're probably way better at, like, adapting, like, new technology and, like, they have certain traits that are better than older generations. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to certain things, they're not as, they're not as good at it, right? I, and uh, so... thousand percent, yes. Agreed. I think... I can't even remember where I was going with that, but yeah, some people are just better at playing the game than others. And it's, that's why sports is kind of amazing because there's no democracy in sports, right? And all men are not created equal. Like all men should have equal rights to pursue whatever it is they want to pursue. Absolutely. But I think we need to stop lying to ourselves and saying, all men are created equal. I could go out and fucking practice as much as I want. I'm never going to be LeBron James. <laughs> like, that's not happening, right? The man is fucking gifted mentally to play basketball, and he's six foot nine and moves like he's five ten. I'm sorry, it's not going to happen. Like, if you're fucking five eleven, it's not going to happen, right? Like, what's his name? The dude with the deadlift record, the Icelandic dude, half Thor, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Good luck. You can jet. Jab yourself with as much fucking steroids as you want. You are not lifting a thousand pounds. Like that's not happening. Right? And it goes both ways. It's both physical, it's mental, right? You can read as many books as you want. You're not gonna be Einstein. Something was just wired in that guy's brain that just had him comprehending things that were Neil's born. That's the beauty of life. It's but what that's the thing is like from. you know, we're running get carried running. away people get carried away with the, oh, you know, all men are created equal and everyone is the same. And I was like, who wants that? Like that makes life so boring. Like people, who why would you want everything the same? Like, it's like, if you just had one ingredient in your food that you just ate the same thing every day, like that's incredibly boring. The beauty of existence is that you have like super smart people and super not smart people and you have LeBron James's and you got short people and you got fat people, you got black, white, yellow, Asian, whatever. You got all sorts of different kinds of people. That's what makes like the whole melting pot Yeah, is what makes it fun. Just like when you like make an amazing dish, it's a mix of a bunch of ingredients. You're not just scooping up fucking salt. I feel like we're losing right? a lot of that in this pursuit of equality in this pursuit of, you know, what we're, what is perceived well, racism the issue is they're trying to make equal outcomes, yeah. right? They're trying to make the outcomes equal. That's impossible because again, effort will never be equal. The effort, not even, even if the effort's equal, the people are completely different, mm -hmm. right? So the way they're going to apply that effort is different. So you're going to get different results all the time. So they're very focused on equality of outcomes. Not because, and when I say they, I mean like people in power and people in charge. And not particularly because they really care about people, right? It's not that, oh, we want all the black people to have as many MBAs as white people because we really care about black people. It's no. It's because if we can put that metric out there, we can look like we care 
and you'll vote for us and we can hold on to more power. I don't think Nancy Pelosi really cares about like black rights that much, right? It could no. be wrong, but and Donald Trump doesn't give a fuck about people in Florida, right? Like it's it's exactly all as everybody plays in and panders to whoever can help get them votes, right? Whether it's yeah, hey Mexican people, this guy hates you, or hey black people, this guy doesn't like you, or hey exactly, it's just politics. People. I'm yeah, it's it's all a big job. I think the focus should be. But it won't be because, again, people can't take advantage of it and use the metrics to their advantage. The focus should be equal opportunity. So everyone should have the same opportunities to do whatever it is they want to do. If you want to be a carpenter, you should have the opportunity to be a carpenter. You want to be a computer scientist, you should have equal opportunity. You don't want to do anything, fine. Right? So everyone should be given like, you can't give everyone the exact same tools because again, wealth, money, circumstance, but everyone at base level should be given enough tools to pursue whatever it is they want to do. And whatever they end up doing with it is up to them. But you can't now say that you want to equalize all the outcomes because that's unfair to everyone. Because one, you're going to have to drag someone down to match the other person. And then you might have to drag someone up. And it's also unfair to that person because you're lying to them. I don't want to speak for anybody other than myself, but I can tell you. So I didn't graduate college. I dropped out yeah. of college my freshman year. Damn, you didn't even make it a year. I didn't even make it a year, bro. I I went to school to play baseball. I was going to be ineligible after my fall, just fall, not even like regular season. And mm. the athletic director allowed me to sign a paper that if I basically made up the difference in what I was below a 2-0 in my first semester in the second semester – that I would be okay. And of course you were like, nah, I just partied. So, um, but like That's college is for anyways, unless you want to be a doctor, just go to college party and leave. Well, to that, I have great pride in the things that I've accomplished without a degree. Uh, it's yeah. actually been a part of my conversation when people are like, you know, I see you didn't graduate college. You know, I've, I've said verbatim, what university did the guy who I'm replacing go to? Like, it, is that a precursor to success? Because I'm sitting here right now because somebody failed who I'm assuming yeah. has a college degree. Um, I think those stories, and mine is a minuscule one, people who came from nothing against those adverse scenarios and then became something, achieved something, I know that there's a trail of devastation of people that never make it across that finish line. Mm-hmm. I, but there's something beautiful about seeing somebody succeed and kind of to your point, it becomes boring. Even like, I, I agree. It should be a quality of opportunity, but at the level of anybody can try without being like you or I telling them they can't, but there's going to be yeah. a hurdles there's going to be geographical hurdles there's going to be other hurdles that i don't think we should go out of our way to necessarily remove all of those because i think they're important for the journey for people of all races of all genders of all whatever to have to figure out how to go through it because maybe mine won't be money if i come from a family that has more means but it might be else and it's going to be important that you face it you know like you don't want to be the kid who need filters. Yeah. I mean, do you want to be the kid whose dad calls the judge and the coach and the school board and the newspaper to keep your name out of it? 
because we don't want to ruin his future? Or do you want the yeah. pain that's going to be like, you're going to fucking deal with the consequences of driving drunk as a 17-year-old because, quite honestly, you're going to learn from that mistake by me allowing you to have to deal with it. That's a hard, I mean, maybe that's like, like a dramatic way to position that, but like, you're going to take this DUI. Yeah. I just, man, I think accountability is the fastest way to growth that anybody can have, whether it's harsh accountability, just being accountable for your responsibilities as a father or as a brother or a partner or whatever it is, right? Like just being accountable, accountable to yourself. Right. And the things. Absolutely. So at some point, like it's not always going to be smooth sailing at some point they're going to requ- they're going to be required if you're not mature you're going to be required to mature real quickly or those who don't are going to fade out mm-hmm. essentially like it could be being dramatic would be like you know there's going to be like a conflict or whatever but it could be like a recession or something challenging that's going to require like you're not just going to willy-nilly be able to do whatever and oh, i'm going to couch surf and travel here and travel there yep you're gonna have to get up and face some shit so i don't think it's gonna be like oh the next generation the 37 they're not going to be mature than 47 and 57 the way human history is at some point something's gonna happen that's gonna require you to grow up much younger like you look at like you know grandfather great-grandfather like world war ii i met a guy the other day he was born in 19 1938, 37. And the first thing I do whenever I meet someone, doesn't happen often, who's like that old, first thing I do is, do you remember World War II? Right? Most of the time it's like, no, I was really young, blah, blah, blah. But this guy was like, yeah. He's like, I remember. I was like, what do you remember about it? He's like, I remember the rationing, like not being able to like buy shit. He's like, it doesn't matter how much money you had. Like if you went to the store, you can only buy X amount of food. He's like, the other thing that stuck out was that all the kids in the neighborhood disappeared. And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, well, I was a little kid, you know, we'd go out and ride our bikes and whatever. And all the older kids would be out there, you know, playing catch or whatever with all the younger kids. And they all disappeared because they all went to the war. So just, it's like two, three people ago at 17, 18, yeah, that's the key. Two to three people ago. I think you're right. Yeah, it's not it's not even like, oh, a hundred like this is like people's grandparents are alive who still experience this. While we have fucking war happening in lots of places of this yeah. right now. And this wasn't and this wasn't voluntary either. Yeah. This is you were just a fucking high schooler, you just graduated high school and you got a letter and they're like, Bro, you're going to France to go fight Nazis. They did this in the seventies <laughs> with Vietnam. Yeah, same thing. You're going to the jungle and fucking like what? For no. even, for for a way less of a reason, right? Like I exactly. I can justify, you know, and commend people. Vietnam was a joke. I mean, that was a false flag led bullshit. There's no reason for us to be there, and just go fight some people in like the Southeast Asian jungle. Like no, I, why? Heroin. Yeah, <laughs> I mean. <laughs> I mean, I'm like super reducing it down, but yeah, no, it's it, yeah. But yeah, so at some point, something's gonna happen, and again, it might not be war. It could be a recession. It could be who knows what it's gonna be in this day and age. You try to predict anything, right? Like who saw COVID coming? So it's gonna be something that's gonna 
force people to grow old early and yeah then the cycle repeat itself and two three generations they'll be talking about oh my grandchild <laughs> unless we nuke ourselves before then in which case none of it will happen but hope that that's i hope that's not on the table but if you had to predict how long you think he, like humanity will last you have to place a wager how much longer do you think humans will be on earth I think I would, if I really had my own money on the table for that, I think humans will be on the earth for a long time because even asteroids weren't able to completely wipe us out. But if you were to ask me how long until the next great reset, I would tell you before 2100. So you think in our lifetime, possibly? If I'm able to live to be 113, I think I'll see it. I think that the acceleration, it's exponential, right? So what we've seen in the last 10, 15 years, I think we will see in a year, in a six-month period, in a three-month period, as far as technology development, acceleration of outcomes, which then... I think are a big reason why we're seeing so much of what we're seeing today. There's just everywhere you look, there's more happening more. It's just, you're inundated, right? Unless you unplug, you're inundated. That's the good thing. And that's why I do think, you know, it's interesting, right? To kind of come full circle Mm. because this new generation is different because they're empowered by technology. But they're the first generation ever, as far as we know, to ever be the only generation influenced by technology first, right? Like, Mm. at least as far back as, like, the hominid skeletons that we're finding 40,000 years ago, they didn't have it. That we know of. That we know of, right? So, like, when we today feel like the world is coming at us too fast, we can unplug And for whatever reason, it just feels better being in nature, right? Like one of my favorite things, it was raining here right before, like up until 8.58, I was sitting on my sun porch in a, in a zero gravity chair, just laying there with my eyes closed, listening to the rain and a thunderstorm. Like just to me, that is apparently the science for why that's calming. Why genetics? Is it like something in our code from years and years ago? No. Well, yeah, well, obviously it's in our code everything all the things we like are genetically coded in us for the most part but apparently it has to do with safety because if you were some cave dweller back in the day pardon me and it was raining you could relax because no one's hunting in the rain everyone's seeking shelter so basically you could like chill out you don't have to worry about it's like an echo you know, of our ancestors. Yeah. You don't have to worry about like a saber-toothed tiger coming for you in the cave because when it rains, all the animals go seek shelter and wait for the rain to the end. So you can just kind of relax, like a pause. Wow. Right? That makes it makes a lot of sense. And there's other like hypothesis on why, but to me that one made the most sense. It was like, oh yeah, that's right, because everything kind of stops when it's raining. Like, you know, if you're walking out on the street and it starts raining. Everyone just kind of like goes for cover. Like no one's getting robbed in the rain. 
I mean, I'm sure someone is somewhere, but for the most part, I'm pretty sure like the one guy, <laughs> the guy listening to this somewhere is like, motherfucker, I just got robbed. Yeah. <laughs> oh shit. Yeah. Hey, I, I did want to ask you. Um, sure. So I got roasted online mm. a comment on a Ariel Hawani post. Um, he had Francis uh, Ngannou's manager on his show talking about the deal. Um, I Is was the Tyson Fury fight. This was the Tyson Fury fight. Yeah. So like, okay. I'll frame this up because I know you're, you're a fan. 